and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm so glad you've joined us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, in ways that get us imagining, in ways that get us inspired to do something. And some of the greatest doers that I know are from Rise, and I'm going to have my co-host, Asma Mohammed, tell us about Rise and how you co-produce this show with us. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Asma Mohammed, and I am the Advocacy Director at Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, or RISE. So our work is to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women, and we do that through civic engagement, leadership development, and storytelling. So we wanted to tell stories about really incredible Muslim women, which is why we invite guests that are doing incredible work in the community. Um, funny story, a few years back, I remember we were talking about what we wanted to see RISE doing in like th- the next three years. And one of the things was we wanted to be on a radio show. <laughs> so we started, you know, we, we found Lori. Um, I don't remember how the meeting even happened. Well, it was fun because uh, Nashina had, is, has a mutual friend of ours. Okay. And Peter called me and said, this woman's incredible. Mm-hmm. She is doing incredible work, Peter Bailey. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got to meet her. And so, okay, well, we'll meet. Have her come to the station. Um, she came to the station and she started talking about her vision and then I pulled the president in and the owner. I said, you got to meet this woman. She's amazing. She is just amazing. I want to do a full series with her. And this is – I just met her. Mm-hmm. And Chad was like, oh, OK. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he comes out and he's like afterwards going, they could do a whole show. That They are that talented. And I said, well, I want to support that. Let's you know start off with a series and I will support doing radio shows with them. He's going, yeah, but you know, I think someday they're going to have a show of their own. I uh-huh. said, well, we'll work towards that. So I have the privilege to work with Rise and work with all the wonderful people that are supporting and, and all the great guests. You have always yeah. brought amazing guests to well, talk about the good work and, and to spread awareness, which yeah. is so important. And we have a breadth of experience. I mean, today we have uh, Maria Nizami in the studio and we'll learn a little bit more about her. But I mean, think of all the people we've brought in. We brought in people who run for city council and mm-hmm. won their oh, election. Oh, wasn't that great St. Yes. Louis? Yeah. Her? So yeah. If, you were, if you were last time around, um, we brought Nadia Muhammad in to the studio and she won her election for city council in St. Louis Park, which was amazing. Um, just hearing her journey. And she was and the first Muslim woman. She's the first Muslim woman and, and she's under 25. Like how incredible. <laughs> and she's so bright and she's so talented amazing. and she's you know right on target with what are the things that need to be brought to the council. Exactly. I, I was so impressed And with really her. representing community. Yes. And that's what we want to do. We want people to recognize that these narratives that they hear about Muslim women from the media are not always, and I know I say the media as it's yeah. this big <laughs> it's <okay>. monolith. <laughs> <laughs> With this show as an exception. <laughs> but we, you know, I think that what, what 950, AM 950 does is that, it, you know, reclaims the voices of like regular everyday Minnesotans who are doing really cool work, um, which is why we wanted to partner with you. So we're happy we're here. And I'm so thrilled to have you as a partner. And you uh, are going to be doing six shows this year. Yes. And yeah. we're going to be talking a lot about the elections. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of work to do. It's it's funny because we were supposed to – I mean a lot of things have happened this year already. But I remember at the end of 2019, we're like, you know, 2020 is almost here. And then the week the 2020 began, everything just started going crazy. Yeah. And it a- already feels like – November is right around the corner. It's a hard. It's hard to believe that it is February. Yes, because I, you know, mentally feel like we're in 2021. I know <laughs> we've had a year's worth of incredible issues. Oh my god! That yeah. a week feels more like a month, uh, politically wise. I feel like we're. I mean, we're already halfway through the year. <laughs> Ask any organizer that's on the ground doing this work, and they will tell you they are tired already. Which brings me. This is an important uh, show we're doing today. Yeah. Tell me what the topic is that that you are most wanting to focus on? I mean, you know that our focus is on civic engagement. Yes. We want Muslim women and people everywhere to really just get involved and show that their voices matter, um, which is why we're on Voice of Minnesota. (laughs) But we we want to showcase the talents of Muslim women who are really involved in their communities through civic engagement. So we invited Maria Nizami because she was a delegate in 2018, went on to the state convention, um, you know, caucused and did these things that seem really 
I mean, I think unattainable to a lot of us and for us to show up in places where not a lot of Muslim women are represented is hard. And she still did it. So, so Maria, what was your very first interaction with Rise? Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for ho- for having me here. Um, my very first interaction w- with Rise was at a fundraising event, and Nushina was there and Asma. And they encouraged me to at- attend the first. Um, it was a Rise conference event, and. Um, at the time, I think I was busy, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and you know uh, see what Rise is about because I had heard so many great things about uh, Rise as an organization. And and just to make sure our audience knows what Rise stands for, that's Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. Yes, yes. And so um, when I went to the first uh, conference, I was just blown away at the sisterhood, at the wonderful woman there, the networking, um, its organization. It was like it was like a wedding. <laughs> it was beautiful. And it's highly, highly organized. Oh, my and, gosh. And every time I'm around Rise Women, there is so much love. Mm-hmm. That That's the powerful Bind, you know, there's something that pulls, and they just they embrace everyone, which I am thrilled to be part of that embrace. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, the conference, I'm going to give a quick plug, um, is on March 7th this year. It's a Saturday. Uh, we're almost sold out, so buy your tickets soon. But we have Linda Sarsour coming, Dr. Jamila Kareem is coming. It's going to be incredible. We take the details very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> For example, we even put lotas in the bathroom (laughs) for people to like, you know, we look like a Muslim wash um, for people to get ready for prayer. We have a prayer space. It's like really centering Muslim women in a way that we don't feel happening everywhere else. You feel comfortable. You you know, it's just amazing to be around such wonderful women, scholars, um, women from like all walks of life, you know, doctors, engineers, you know, great mothers and and you come together, uh, wonderful food, inter- great entertainment, and it's like going to a wedding where you just want all women and just and you're relax. learning things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the uh, workshops, you learn so much from them. One of the things that Nashina did share with us when I first met her was the isolation that can um, that Muslim women can feel, mm-hmm. um, and then when the media does portray uh, a unflattering. Uh, and untrue representation, um, that having the opportunity to come together and celebrate who you are yes. and to support engagement, mm-hmm. that's really exciting. It is. Yeah. I mean, one thing we talk about a lot is that our work is also rooted in health equity, that when Muslim women feel engaged and connected to community, <clears throat> they're more willing to get out of their houses. Mm-hmm. They're more willing to go and meet people. And that actually impacts health outcomes. That when people are like stuck in their homes, um, right. when they're not engaging, they are not healthy. Right? So we want to encourage people to be involved in the community and then start to see themselves reflected in that community. Making connections. Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so your first opportunity was to go to the conference. Mm-hmm. You were blown away. Mm-hmm. You loved everything about it. Great speakers, great folks that you could get to know and have friends. Mm-hmm. What happened then? Well, then um, <clears throat> I just decided to um, – you know, um, be part of it. But at first, I wasn't a board member. Just, you know, I tried to attend different functions that they had and learn more about it and spread the word. Um, Because what a great organization, a great platform to bring the Muslim women to um, be able to voice, you know, um, give out their voices and and uh, the Shiro, you know, where they... Uh, I love Shiro's. <laughs> and those are heroes, women, women yep. heroes that you designate. Yes. And, so, and tell their story. Yep, they're Muslim Shiro's of Minnesota. So we talk about, you know, reclaiming the narrative of Muslim women in Minnesota, um, highlighting the work that they're doing. So, Were you a Shiro? <laughs> you know, as as a mother, I want to be a shiro, uh, you know, you for go. my kids. And so whatever I do, sometimes people are like, oh, why do you do, take on so many things? I'm like, because I'm a role model for my children. If I tell my kids that I can do something and they see it, you know, they're going to do more than what I did. And so really, I mean, we're their first role role models. And you bring your kids to our events. Um, I mean, Maria brings her daughter. I remember you brought Nazifa to the day at the Capitol. Yes. Um, And that was one, I think you had just started getting really involved with Rise. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which was so cool to see. And I was like, 
you can bring your kids to this, <laughs> which is awesome. And you brought your son to events, right? It's just like making it into a cultural shift. Right, right. And they learn so much from it. And I don't know if we're going to discuss the caucusing, but that's... Yes. Oh, yeah. We'll oh, yeah. get into that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience. And I brought my children into that, too. Oh, how wonderful for them to see and to be a part of. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but to be be in the midst of seeing politics in action and yeah. being able to voice. I wanted to make sure that I shared with the audience um, your vision for mm-hmm. RISE, which I, I've always found very powerful. Mm-hmm. We imagine a future where all Muslim women are connected related, celebrated, and emboldened. And that's where change takes place. Yeah. It takes place one person at a time, coming together, supporting each other. Your story, which is also up on, on your website, is Reviving Sisterhood has become a platform to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women, showcasing the change makers, trailblazers, and leaders having social justice impact in our society. And I want to thank you for making that impact. Yeah. And I think even over the past few years, um, I mean, 2016 changed everything. It changed the game for anyone who's been an organizer. And I think we were feeling like we weren't connected um, and we wanted to kind of rebuild and revolutionize the ways we were doing things. And so we started to get connected. Um, Rise was already around, but then I think after that, people were like, holy crap. We got to get up. We got to do something. We got to do something together. And now, you know, more people are showing up because they're seeing all that's wrong with systems that aren't serving them. They're not seeing themselves and they want to make a difference. So we see people like Maria stepping up and saying, like, I'm going to do something because this impacts my children. This impacts their future and their present as well. And they're going to see firsthand what politics is. Well, for more information, I want folks to take a look at their website. It is Reviving Sisterhood. Dot org, And I also want to do a shout out to our sponsor for today's show. Um, just wonderful, wonderful people. They're Clockwork um, and Clockwork is sponsoring all the Rise shows. And whether it's consulting or coding, Clockwork helps clients thrive in the digital era. They are digital thinking for digital needs. Think of Clockwork as an extension of your team and they help to create human-centered outcomes with technology. So we appreciate all the wonderful work that Clockwork is doing to support um, these great shows with these great women. And we'll be right back and we'll learn more about some uh, elections coming up and how you can get involved. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne-Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the east side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out brunsonspub.com. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Did you realize that Drink in the Style is available on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast platform out there? You can listen to past episodes of Drink in the Style, or maybe download our really cool martini glass graphic, or just listen to your favorite episode again and again. But if you do, I need to ask you for a quick favor. Hop online and give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show and also boosts my fragile ego. Drink in the Style. It's a great way to kill Sundays or really... Anytime at all. 
This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been telling you about my friends at Snap Construction who are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior construction company in the metro. Don't just take my word for it. Take a look at all their reviews online. Winter is the most cost-effective time of the year to complete your construction project. A majority of Minnesotans choose to have their work completed on their home in the summer when they should be enjoying the weather. As a result, the demand for labor in the summer is much higher. The most cost-effective way to improve or restore your home is in the winter due to the lower demand. Right now, Snap Construction is offering an additional 30% off of labor to the AM950 listeners on your next construction project between now and the end of February. Call 612-333-SNAP and mention AM950 for an additional 30% off. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Great show, co-produced with Rise. Rise is a fabulous group um, that has been doing work with us. This, we're going on our third year of, well, yeah, if you look back. Dang. Yeah, because <laughs> it, the first year we did it at the end of the year. Yeah, look at us. Two, 2018. 18, yeah. And then we did four shows in 2019. Yeah. And now we're doing six shows. Yeah, because we are overachievers. You are wonderful people. <laughs> you are wonderful co-producers. You are wonderful partners. And I love working with you all. And my co-host is Asma Mohammed. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always happy to be here. And we have a wonderful guest, Maria Nizami. Thank and you for having me. Maria is going to be sharing about her uh, experiences in working in politics. And we talked a little bit about it in the first segment, about how you caucused and you've brought your kids and you've done um, great stuff. And we're going to be talking about caucuses. We're going to be talking about uh, agenda, looking at gender equitable um, solutions. And we're looking at youth focus in yeah. our segment. And if we don't get to all of it, We'll just move it into the next segment, but that's mm-hmm. our, our goal for our conversation in this segment. Uh, I also want to do a shout-out to Clockwork, a great organization that's supporting all the work that RISE is doing and has supported uh, their six shows this year. Yay. And they do digital solutions. Yeah, and wonderful. Good people. Really good people. With hearts in absolutely the right place. Hearts of gold. And we're very grateful. Thank you, Clockwork. And if you have questions about Clockwork, uh, go and, and give them a call. Pick up the phone. And uh, if you have a digital need, they're there for you. And they have very creative solutions. So getting back to our caucus and legislative agenda. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. So caucuses are on February 25th this year. Uh, I'm not ready. I mean, I am. I'm ready. But I'm also like terrified because so many things are happening. Um, 2018 caucuses were huge. Maria, you were involved. And we got, I think, over 150 Muslim women involved, which was amazing in Minnesota. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It was so cool. I remember people showed up at the Blaine caucus um, or at the convention and were like, I learned through your caucus training, your online caucus training, or I came to yours in person. That's why I'm here today. So just see And 2018 that. was the year of the women. Yes. We got a lot of stuff done. <laughs> we, we kicked butt we did. in 2018. Yes. And I want the same in 2020. I do year. too. Yeah. But I mean, if you have never been to a caucus before, it's basically like a neighborhood meeting um, with your political party. Right? That could <laughs> for hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is. Be prepared with stamina. <laughs> yeah, it is. It can be really long or, I mean, depending on where you live, it can be yeah. really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Maria and I actually live pretty close to each other <laughs> in the suburbs. Um, and our caucuses tend to be like relatively short and sweet. Oh. Um, we get stuff done pretty quickly. And they're like, you know, just caucuses happen a few minutes away from where you live. It's a neighborhood meeting. So it's going to be people that you've seen before, mostly people you know. And if people, they're people you haven't met before, you're making some new connections. I think it's important. Some people don't do caucuses. They hear about it, but they have no idea what happens. Mm-hmm. And and there's, you know, me who has done them and I have been through very long ones. Yeah. But I think it's important for folks to understand that there's a process and it is organized. It isn't just a free-for-all, mm-hmm. that there is an initial vote. 
And then there's the secondary vote. Yeah. If you, uh, so you want to talk a little bit about how that takes place and, and your experience in the caucus? Yes. So 2018 was different. So um, a law was passed that changed the way that we caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year we are going to caucus, um, you know, get some delegates together. We're going to pass the resolutions. But we are actually not voting for the presidential candidate or during caucuses, which in 2016, if you caucus, things have changed a lot. Yeah. Um, this year you have to vote. You have to actually go and vote. You're not doing a straw poll anymore. You're not just like writing the person's name right. on a little sheet of paper and giving it to your precinct chair. Um, you are having to go and vote either at your, you know, your county offices or if you'd vote on the day of, which is March 3rd, um, you go to your regular precinct location. So if you are, you know, confused and you're like, I don't know where to caucus, um, look up caucus finder. Um, and then if you don't know where you're going to vote early, just type in mnvotes.org. That's mnvotes.org. Um, and it'll give you all the information that you need about where to go. And with that, are you delegates? Um, are you going to be a delegate? Can you yes. talk a little bit about 2018? Sure. So for me, um, I was one of those people who would vote sometimes. Most of the time I didn't until 2016 when um, Trump, uh, President Trump got elected. It was like a black cloud came over our home, our community. And it was because we were getting targeted. As Muslim, we were, you know, sidelined and just, you know, all kinds of horrible things were said. And so this, like I came um, from Afghanistan in search of freedom when the Soviet invasion happened. So I came here at the age of seven and found freedom in the U.S. And um, now that when Trump got elected, um, my daughter and, like, my kids felt really scared. And as a mother, that's, like, the worst feeling to know that, you know, now he's going to, Trump is going to give, give voice to the bullies, you know, to act out. And um, and I couldn't protect my kids, I felt, you know, like I should. And so then um, I was uh, uh, encouraged by um, uh, our community leaders to go and caucus. And so I joined Faith in Minnesota where they taught me how to caucus. And from there, um, my daughter and I became Senate delegates. And it was just an eye-opening experience because we realized that our voice really does matter, mm-hmm. that our votes do matter. And um, What did they teach you? What was the key takeaway that they taught you for the caucus? So they told us, like, you know, this is the the experience you're going to go through and the meeting's going to be kind of like this and don't give up and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just stay till the end and raise your hand. and, and, um, And so they trained us, you know, with the whole experience of what it could be like and, um, and in the end, we both became Senate delegates. Later, I became a state delegate as well and went to the state convention. Um, you see all kinds of things in politics, you know. Um, and uh, the best thing for my daughter and I was when we went canvassing, um, we would knock on somebody's door, a mother who had never voted. And when you told her how important it was for her, it was like her eyes brightened up. And then she would go and educate all the other women uh, in her community, mm-hmm. and they would all go vote together. It's communal, Yes, right? yes. So, And it, we had such great outcomes in 2018 with all and, the people. And having you give them the confidence that this is a good idea. And that this is important. Right. And that they have the ability and that, that their vote will make a difference. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you, you can't vote and say, you know, I want to better my community. You have to try your best. And um, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a wonderful experience to encourage others. And uh, it was a great learning experience for my daughter as well. Yeah, and we were both at the state convention, so it was yes. it was so cool to see how many Muslim women are there. We had like a whole prayer space for ourselves, halal food. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, all the works. It was incredible just to see the power we were building together. Well, we're going to need to take our legislative agenda with the gender equity and our youth focus and have it in our next segment. Perfect. So for more information, please go to revivingsisterhood.org. Uh, you can also check us out on ConnectionsRadioMN.com and you can go to the Reviving Sisterhood. Uh, there's um, in the, our co-producers, our co- community partners, we feature them there as well. So give us a look, check us out and stay with us because we're going to be talking more about politics and how everyone can get involved. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can go solar with all energy solar even way up north in Minnesota. 
Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth? For one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Hey, I guess we found a new name for our show. Really? What's the new name? Pilot's Progressive Party. How did you ever come up with that? (laughs) Pilot's our name and progressive fun is our game. (laughs) Well, what's that about? It's a one-hour new show with progressive guests and information you normally don't hear on the radio. Well, that's so exciting. I have a few ideas for guests myself. I know they'll be progressive. Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on AM 950. The progressive voice of Minnesota. Finding the right lawyer is incredibly stressful. It can be tough to know even where to start. Don't just run an internet search for an attorney. Start with the Minnesota Lawyer Referral and Information Service, an enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They'll connect you with over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Get a head start on this year's Blue State Ball by having dinner with me, Tom Harbin, on Saturday, February 22nd at Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. It's your chance to discuss with me the big issues facing the country in a small, intimate setting. You can guarantee your spot at the February 22nd dinner by pre-purchasing a ticket for $200. Tickets are very limited and will go fast. So reserve your spot now by calling 952-946-8885. More details at am950radio.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be partly sunny with a high near 35. By tonight, increasing clouds with a low around 10. Sunday, partly sunny with a high near 23 and a 50% chance of snow at night with a low around 18. Monday, the snow is likely to continue with a high of 32 and a low of 12. EatLocalMinnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is The Great Wall. The Great Wall Restaurant has been providing a delicious mix of both Szechuan and Peking dishes since 1981. Check out their location just north of 50th and France in Edina. We're so glad you're here. And we're having a wonderful time. This show is co-produced with RISE, uh, a wonderful group that is all about reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. I have my co-host today who is brilliant and leads the uh, the advocacy area of yeah. RISE. And Hi. In fact, yesterday, may I say that you, you hung out with, sure. with Bernie's wife? I did. Uh-huh. I did. Yeah. RISE is nonpartisan, but if you want to check out my personal views, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Asma resists. <laughs> this is Asma Mohammed, who is my co-host from RISE. And we have a wonderful guest today, Maria Nazami. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're, we're so glad to have you both here. Now, in our last segment, we didn't get to some of the things we were going to talk about. So I'd love to have us talk today about um, the legislative agenda and looking at gender equitable legislative agenda, your issues and the day at the Capitol. And I'd also like to talk about the youth focus. My guess is you're wanting to get the, the vote out with youth. 
Oh, we want to do so much more. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Yeah. So um, first of all, let's get into the legislative agenda. Um, Maria can share a bit about this as well. But every year we bring Muslim women to the Capitol, um, you know, as many times as we can. We've been doing this since kind of the inception of RISE. Um, but since last year, we've been doing what we call the Muslim and Jewish Women's Day at the Capitol. So we partner with uh, the National Council of Jewish Women, and we come together to show folks that we are really focused on gender equity, that we want to make a change in Minnesota for all Minnesotans, and that our work is really based in our connection to each other. Um, so our three legislative agenda items this year are two of, are the same. They just like, we are, we continue to work on them. <laughs> um, the first you've heard me talk and, about and a million you, times. And you may talk some more in the future. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to tell you guys about how legislative session is going eventually. Um, but we are working on eliminating the statute of limitations for reporting sexually violent crimes. Um, we are working on bringing menstrual equity into our schools, so making sure pads and tampons are readily available for free for our students so they can go to school and feel supported. Um, and then finally, we want to change the way hate crimes are analyzed by our state, um, the way that they're reported, the way that they're tracked, because currently the system – I mean, the the bombing that happened at Darul Farouk, for example, the FBI took it on, but Bloomington police didn't list it as a hate crime because it wasn't like it, it's not in the law the way that it should be listed. So, how would you like to have things listed so thing so more reporting, more accurate reporting takes place? I mean, first thing I think is that our police officers need training around like. I kind of understanding around what a hate crime is, right? Mm -hmm. And when people are saying something is a hate crime, analyzing that because again, like our police officers are, are I mean, they're some of them are trained really well, but they're not lawyers, um, they're not legislators, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and they need to know more about how the community is feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so the bill that we're working on right now would require the Department of Human Rights to look into the cases based by you know. Um, Case by case. Mm -hmm. So we want to work on that. Um, there's a lot of different things that are going on, but they're, all of these bills are authored by incredible people in the House, um, and then we're getting Senate companions for them as well. So exciting, crazy. Um, but yeah, in the past we have um, – so we every year we survey Muslim women and we ask them, like, what do you want us to work on? And Maria, who has been to Days at the Capitol with us, can you talk a little bit more about your experience? Sure. So last year when we went, um, it was a, a, you know, a joint um, partnership with our Jewish uh, sisters. And uh, a lot of the representatives um, – elected officials that we spoke to were very uh, happy that we went and spoke to them regarding these issues that are important to us. And some are like, oh, I, was, I never thought of it, you know, that way. And so um, it was a great experience. I'm going to encourage many uh, of our other sisters to come and join us, um, you know, to get to let them know what is important to us. Yeah. Was it, do you feel like it was difficult to, to show up that day even? No. Um, well, I, I, at first it can be, you know, like, oh, what, but I had been there before, so for me, not. Um, but, again, I brought my daughter, and it was great to see other young ladies and um, all of us come together. Um, it was a, a wonderful event, and it's going to happen again in, a, you know, next week. In a week. couple days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tuesday, days, yeah. February 18th, yeah. we are going to be back at the Capitol Um at 10 a.m. So we'll rally in the press conference room. We'll, we have a lot of stuff happening that day. I'm also bringing my students. So when you talk about youth focus and I want to do more, yes, I want my students to vote, but I also want them to be at the Capitol. I want them to feel like this is about them, right? So like they are ready to talk about every single one of these issues. They are, you know, passionate about them. And that makes me excited. It's important. I, I just um, heard a, a really interesting story about how the Latino community has been working in Nevada with mm. youth, preparing youth for the vote in 2020, mm -hmm. in that their average age is 19 in the Latino community. In the white community, the average age is 54. Mm. Oh, wow. So realizing this and realizing there's going to be a huge swell yep. of voting for the youth in 2020, mm -hmm. they have been preparing for the last four years yeah. to develop that youth leadership. And they're very savvy voters. Yes. And that we're going to see something mm -hmm. really interesting, I believe, in this election in Nevada coming up. Oh, yeah, and I believe the same thing is true in your community. Mm -hmm. yeah. How can you keep bringing up leaders that can take on roles and responsibilities and understand the issues and not be intimidated? Um, 
because we know that there can be voter intimidation. How do right. we stand up for that? Absolutely. And I think we've also seen that, um, I mean, the president doesn't want youth to be involved. Right. Right. Anytime youth get involved, he tries to sideline them or make fun of them. He made fun of um, Greta Thunberg, right, um, for her involvement in the climate change um, activism. And we want our youth to feel empowered. We want them to feel connected to issues that matter to them. We're not going to decide for them. So when I talk to my students about the issues that they cared about, like these are things that they brought up. They brought up the fact that at their high school, like girls have their hijabs ripped off. Right. They brought up the fact that they, uh, you know, sometimes it's really, really hard to show up because there's nobody who looks like them that teaches them. Mm -hmm. So all of these issues are coming up and we want them to be the ones who are taking them on. We don't want to just like co-opt their movement space Mm -hmm. and say, this is why we care, right? We want them to show up because it's important to them, to their families, their communities. Mm -hmm. So um, my students are, I'm so excited to bring them. I mean, if they're watching, I don't know if they are. Some of them might be. (laughs) Some of the early risers on Saturday Uh, mornings. (laughs) And if they're not, they can listen to our podcast yes yes you can um or you can watch this video a little later but i'm just i'm astounded by how much more involved they are than i was at that age and isn't that inspiring it is i mean because of women like you who encourage uh, you know our youth i'm all right i try (laughs) well with that i want to bring up um developing the soft and hard skills is really rooted in islam trainings and the workshops that you do. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, in Islam, like Marie and I can talk a little bit more about this. Um, we follow the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And hadith are just like stories, things that were that were told about him. And all of these hadith have been authenticated over years and years by, you know, scholars who were like, who was there? I mean, how many people said that they heard this? Anyways, um, we, we follow the Hadith, and in the Hadith, what we learn is that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, would lead by example. So anytime at Rise we want people to do something, we try it out first. Mm-hmm. We don't just say, show up, we're all going to do this for the first time together. <laughs> we, lick we lick model, arms and hope. Exactly. And cross our fingers. <laughs> we model the behavior because that's what the Prophet, peace be upon him, did. I mean, when he wanted people to pray for the first time, he did it first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he wanted people to make tawaf or like walk around the Kaaba um, in Mecca for the first time, he did it first. Mm-hmm. When he wanted people to travel to Medina, he did it first. He was, he was taking those first steps. Mm-hmm. And so we are rooting our work in our faith. So people know that Islam is going to be at the basis of everything that we do. Muslims, I mean, I think a lot of the times we feel afraid to practice our faith really fully and really publicly, Mm -hmm. and especially Muslim women. We have, I mean, 70% of hate crimes against Muslims are targeted against Muslim women. Mm Because look at us. We look Muslim. Right? <laughs> we have the scarf. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. especially hijabis. Yeah. Like we are we're facing that kind of that kind of hate. But what we want people to know is that our our faith even back then, um, there was persecution of Muslims mm-hmm. back around the time of the Prophet, peace mm-hmm. be upon him. And he still persevered. He still asked people to show up even when it was hard. And it was because there was so much tyranny, because there was this oligarchy where there are rich people who are holding down black and brown people that they felt were lesser than them. And we don't want to see that anymore. We're seeing it right now. And we it's time to rise up. Islam was a revolution when it started, mm-hmm. right? So we want, to, we want another re- revolution, yeah. <laughs> right? We want a people's revolution. Based in love as well, Absolutely. Which, which, I have, which I don't think gets enough discussion. Right. There is so mm-hmm. much focus on love mm-hmm in the Islamic faith mm-hmm. that I'm very moved by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you can feel it in in the presence of rise women. Yeah, and you don't and you don't hear about that in in again the monolithic media. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, um, and that's why this uh, rise is such a beautiful organization. You feel that love, that sisterhood, that mm-hmm. bond, you mm-hmm. know. And so it makes you want to help each other and help the community, you know, specifically our sisters. In our last segment, we talked a little bit about the conference. I want to give another plug so folks know uh, about the conference and when to sign up and when it takes place. Yeah. So, um, Maria, do you remember what it is? (laughs) March 7th. Yes. So uh, please definitely come in. Um, You guys will be amazed at what a beautiful conference it is. Um, I'm going to encourage all my uh, lady friends to come. My daughter will be coming. Oh, yay. She loves it. Yeah. And... um, you know, we're really looking forward to such a great conference where you can learn, you know, from all the networking, from all the great workshops. Um, we have dance parties, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Muslim woman only space. It is. Can you it share is. a little bit about what that feels like? 
it's 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 great because you're just sitting there and here's your friends from all over like all the lady friends from Minnesota people who you've never met you you meet mm-hmm. them there was even like some uh female cops who were Muslim <laughs> that was the first time seeing that I was like oh can I take a picture I love it <laughs> and um you just come together and you learn from each other you learn together at these workshops um you have fun with entertainment uh, you know entertainment from uh, last time we had them from what country it was, it was they were from England England yeah yeah, yeah. so just a wonderful place to learn bond network yeah and you are actively wanting more muslim women to attend yeah absolutely and this is I your mean, special are, outreach that yeah. this that you want folks to feel warm comfortable invited engaged yes. and give me one thing that you'd want to convince someone to attend um I will say that it is the only Muslim women's space that I feel really myself in. Um, so I went to the conference before I became a part of staff on Rise. And I remember walking up to Nashina and didn't really know who she was. And I said, this is the most diverse conference I've ever been to. And she like was, she had tears in her eyes. And a few months later, this job opened up, and I was like, I want to work for them. Yeah, <laughs> and so, isn't it interesting? It was like perfect for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea at the time, honestly. But the, we we make a space that's really safe, really comfortable for people to learn together. And all of our um, workshops are led by local Muslim women who you can reach out to, who are talented and incredible. It's eye opening because that that would be your one thing is you want to make sure that women knew that how powerful it is mm-hmm. because it's eye opening. Yeah, and they realize their potential that yeah. you know they can make themselves better than ever. And to sign up, the website is revivingsisterhood.org. Is there a link to sign up? Yep. So as soon as you open it up, there should be a pop up that asks you to sign up. Well, stay with us. We've got lots more to talk about, and we're glad you're here. And we're glad that we're we're also on Facebook. We're on two different Facebooks. We're on AM950 Facebook, and we're also on um, the Reviving Sisterhood Glad to be here. And we're delighted. And we also want to do a shout-out to Clockwork. Thank you, Clockwork, for all the support you do and all the creative solutions you have in the digital age. If you've got a digital question, they're the place to go. Thank you, Clockwork. Yes, thank you. And uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. My favorite meal of the day is breakfast, and for morning fiddles, I head to Milton's 36 and Douglas in Crystal. My favorite is either the rib scrambler, scrambled eggs with ribs, portobello mushrooms, jalapenos, and pepper jack cheese, or the steak and eggs. My wife loves the pepper jack, creamy grits, and the stuffed avocados with poached eggs cradled in avocado halves. The kids love the French toast or the stuffed French toast filled with fruit and cream cheese. Top it off with coffee done my way from the Milton's coffee bar, and I'm ready for the day. Breakfast is waiting for you at Milton's 36 and Douglas in Crystal. 
This is Chad, owner of AM 950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with, listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. been with us this morning and we're heading into our last segment. I always get sad with our last segment when I'm with Rise. There are co-producers today. Uh, Rise is a fabulous group and I've got my co-host Asma Mohammed. Hi everyone. And she, be here. And she leads the advocacy efforts. We also have Maria Nazami who has been active with caucuses and Day at the Capitol and all kinds of cool things. We've learned about the agenda items that you feel most strongly about that you have gathered from your sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we're also going to talk a little bit more about the caucus process uh, and some other cool things to wrap up our show uh, in getting ready for voting. I want everyone to vote. Yes. And I want everyone to tell their friends to vote and tell their kids to vote. My effort this year is is get out the vote. Absolutely. We have the votes. Yes. Very important. Yeah. We um, have the people. We, we just, just have to, to show up. up. Yeah. yeah show, show up, up and vote. Yeah. So tell me about caucus. Yeah. Maria, what's the process? Um, what happens when you show up? If I mean, I know it's been some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go through it again. But my first experience, I was new and, um, and in, in 2018, and you just show up to the meeting um, and it's a gathering and they, they go through some things at the beginning. They told us, you don't, <laughs> you know, the training said you don't get too involved, like in the first part, because it's not as important as the, at, at, you know, till the end when they say who wants to, you know, do the caucusing, yeah. which is the most important. And um, after, you know, you raise your hand, you know, um, they see how many people will be able to caucus. And I was chosen, my daughter was chosen as Senate delegates. And then from there, we um, had another meeting at a different location a few weeks later. And that's when um, the representatives are there. And they want to earn your vote. And so the Congress, the, the people who are running for Congress will call you from their cell phone and say, how can I get your vote? What is important to you? So my daughter wow. and I, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. a bit Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it's like, she's on the other foot. Yeah. Like, Talk to me. <laughs> so, so we would have like, you know, uh, meetings with them. Uh-huh. And, um, and you told them about what is important to you, to your family, to your community. And my daughter was there, so this is really cool. You know, she learned about this whole process. And um, it's just, you know, claiming your voice, um, building power through, you know, justice for our community. And, and then later when I became Senate uh, or state delegate, um, you know, the lieutenant governor, she called me and said, <laughs> how can I get And I'm like, yeah, I, I love her so much. And I didn't know it was her. I'm like, yeah, yeah I love the lieutenant, you know, the gubernatorial uh, candidate. She's amazing and Waltz is great. And, and then she goes, I am her. Until <laughs> <laughs> so now, she's like, yeah, I remember our conversation. Uh, I love it. Yeah, and it's just it's great. The connections you make, they see what is important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a meeting through Faith in Minnesota, um, Isaiah, and there was uh, like 1,700 people, and it was great to see that Walls address Islamophobia. He yes. said, "I will. I am against Islamophobia," and uh, you know, in this huge audience, I and just, to come uh, out so powerfully. Yes, yes. You felt heard, I bet. Yes, definitely. And the greatest thing for me was that. They chose my daughter to do a spoken word, mm-hmm. and so she got standing ovation. And oh. it just showed, like, how at first when um, uh, Trump was elected as president, she's like, Mom, let's leave this country. Let's go somewhere else. And that sadness that I felt then had transformed into, you know, happiness. Especially when you felt you came here, you learned freedom. Right. And then to have the fear 
of, of your child, you know, expressing wanting to leave the country that you felt that you first learned yeah. what freedom meant yeah. must have been just heartbreaking. Definitely. I'm like, honey, this is our country, mm-hmm. you know, so this is the time to claim our voices. And for those who may have just joined us, RISE stands for the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And they do a wonderful job of bringing community together and having their voices be heard. And taking action. I think yes. more than anything. I mean, we talk a lot about how there are a lot of really cool efforts, interfaith efforts, um, you know, efforts to get people to connect. But more than anything, we want people to take action, to reclaim the spaces that were where we, we were told were not made for us. Um, like at the Capitol, when we go to caucus. I mean, I think in 2018, so many Muslims showed up in Blaine, for mm-hmm. example, that people were like, where were you guys a few years ago? Yeah, like, what happened? Rise we happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're here. Yeah. So we had so many people that were like, I mean, there were people that said Muslims had never shown up before. We had more Muslim delegates at the state convention than ever. I mean, it was, I thought it was just incredible to see and also to be a part of. Um, and I think there are so many people this year who want to become national delegates to the national conventions that are happening. Um, I mean, I, one of my friends, Jamila, who's watching, um, said she wants to bring 10 Muslim women to the national convention. So I love it. We, we want to see that too. We right? want an update. Yeah. So uh, the I, countdown's I, on. I, I, I will <laughs> give, give you all an update. But yeah, when you show up to caucus, I think, um, more than anything, you feel compelled to get to know people in your neighborhood, um, who are sharing your political party, right? That's like one level of connection that you're creating. And then you go on to pass resolutions. Um, so resolutions then go pa- get passed on to your Senate district convention and then to your state convention as well. And then can even go on to the national convention. And then your party can adopt that platform completely as like a national entity. Um, and then people are trying to become delegates. So when you want to become a delegate, you have to give like – your reasoning for wanting to become one. I'm sure you remember right, that, Maria, that you kind of yeah. give your little stump speech uh-huh. and your, or your elevator speech and say, like, I want to become a delegate because I have never seen people who look like me in this political process and I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Right? So anything from that, you can totally take that speech if you want, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it actually works. It actually works. Yeah. When people realize your first time, they want to give you that platform, which yeah. is it's very nice. Yeah. I think more than ever – this year is very important to do canvassing and, or sorry, to become a, a delegate because uh, in 2018, you know, um, we had great results, but every legislation that would pass the House it would get blocked by the Senate. So There's please more work go to out do. there, yeah, go out there and um, definitely be a delegate. Yep. And I want to make sure that I let folks know about your website, which is revivingsisterhood.org. Yep for more information. I also want to do another thank you to Clockwork, uh, a great organization. Um, Three good reasons to work with uh, Clockwork, which is a digital thinking for the digital era, is that they they look at results are everything, people first, and they're simple, easy to work with. So if you've got a digital problem, a digital solution um, is there for you with Clockwork. We just love them. Uh, and then uh, finally, we want to make sure that folks know that you'll be back in March. Yeah. And in March, you're going to be on the show for March 28th. And it's coinciding with the upcoming International Muslims Women's Day and Census 2020. Yes. And uh, please don't forget, caucuses are when, Maria? February 25th. February 25th. And then election day is March 3rd. I need people out there. Yes. I need I need you to vote. I need I need your neighbors to vote, especially if they support, yes. you know, candidates. <laughs> we want the vote out there and that's going to be my my cry throughout the year. Yeah. Every show I'm going to be encouraging. Not only do I want you to vote, I want you to be thinking about who are you going to take to vote or who are you going to ask to vote.